I am unashamed. What about you? So we're back in the house with our podcast contributor, the unashamed podcast contributor, the great Larry Bowles, who has become one of our favorite people. You know, it's amazing. What I love about Christianity, Larry, is that, you know, you're always open to who God's going to put into your life or maybe where you go and travel. Cause you, you know, you just never know that one of your favorite people yeah. in the world you haven't met yet. And so through some relationship, through some mission, exactly. through some ministry together, you meet that. So I, yeah. I feel like God has brought you and Kathy into our, you know, one kingdom and WFR sphere. Oh. And, and by the way, if you want to learn more about Larry's work, uh, the Acro yeah. center, uh, you can check that out. Give them the website, Larry. I always like so they can check out your work. That's just uh, acrocenter.org, A-C-R-O. And what does acro, acro stand for? Athens Christian Refugee Organization. It's an acronym. So you had the Acropolis, Acropolis. <laughs> I thought, well, that would work. It, I'm not that smart, but I'm, when you stand in front of it like that, Has it, that would be pretty good. Has it hit yeah. you yet that me and this guy, we're talking about a fireman from Oklahoma and a duck call maker from Louisiana. We were in Athens roaming to and fro. <laughs> Free ranging. Yeah. Actually, Missy and Kathy turned us loose, let us out of a car, and walked down the street. Yeah. And Jace is like, are you sure this is the right way? And I'm like, <laughs> So what's modern-day Greece, to sum it up, what would you say? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Modern-day Greece. Crowded. Yeah. Well, Athens is. Athens. Yeah. Athens is 150... <laughs> Six square miles with Woo. about six million people sitting in. I would say it's in need of a deep cleaning. Because <laughs> a couple thousand, a couple thousand years ago, uh, uh, it's it recorded, and and I, I was not real impressed when I when I when I read about them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. When I read about them, in other words, let's see, they had. Uh, well, the I mean, Greeks of 2,000 years ago. <laughs> the mic only works if you're in front yeah. of it. There you go. The, the first thing they heard when the Apostle Paul, he was, he was writing them out. He was greatly distressed when he saw he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews, the God-fearing Greeks. Well, it's a marketplace. He's going around here. A group of Epicureans and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Some of them said, what's this babbler trying to say? Yeah. 2,000 years ago in, 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 in that Greece, others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. I mean, they said this because Paul's preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Yeah. So they were labeling him outlandish things. You're like, they're like some idiot come up here babbling on all this. Well, he ends up his sermon, you know. Oh, man. He's giving proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. Y'all go around bowing down to all these statues. Yeah. You know, there's one, yeah, to an unknown God. Yeah, I bet. So you look at that. How's, how's Greece changed, you think? What's happened since this message was pre? This was the, the best minds in Greece were listening there. A few of them believed. Some of them sneered. Others said... Well, we'll listen to you again. Yeah, we want to hear more about this. So. so, what would you say about modern day Greece? Is it on the rebound? Is it is it having? Yeah, what a do you think, Larry? Larry, question there. <laughs> it's filled with refugees, yeah. you know, through yeah. the years. Has yeah. the mass repentance started yet? Because from these few, Christianity was implanted yeah. to the Greeks. It started up on that Mars Hill, that speech he gave. But you got to remember, in 1970, in the 70s, how many people were in Athens? Well, it, it was starting to grow. I, and it's, I mean, it's just, it, it, what the advent of the office job changed everything. And then all of the, the Greek government, I mean, you know, about half the jobs in the country it became well, government yeah. positions. And half the populace of Greece, which is about 11,000, I mean, 11 million now half the half the entire country lives in 156 square miles. Yeah, in Athens. Yeah, that's what you said yeah. in the 70s. That what was the population? Oh, it, was, it was it was less than less than a million. Yeah, less six than million. a million. Now there's yeah. Now there's now there's six six million. Six million. Yeah. Ooh. 
So I mean, a lot of people, but yeah. they came from all over, right? And that was yeah. But, so I, you know, we planted the seed. I mean, I think it's yeah. the same thing, Larry. Yeah. You probably, no, I, I mean, I mean same, we a, could say the same thing about big cities in America because yeah. when I when we went to, we were just recently in Greece, oh, and absolutely. most of our time was spent on, on the island of Crete. And we went to Santorini, and it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, they're olive. Nice. Most of them are that's olive nice, uh, yeah. farmers, yeah. and you know the people are great. You go to little mm-hmm. mom and pop shops, and you go to the restaurants, yeah. and the food is amazing. And you're sitting on the ocean, and everything's relaxed. I mean, yeah. it is beautiful. So it's it's like anything else. You get away yeah. from the big city, it's, you know. That's that's exactly the same. I mean, you know, New York City is completely different than West Monroe. You know, so okay. I mean, it's just uh, it's a, it's an environment. But when you think about his sermon here, when he said from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit or live mm-hmm. on the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. So, I mean, my point is this this whole deal, you know, where people either believe we're thrown here or sent here. Yeah, you know, thrown out of nothing or sent by an intelligent design. When you go over there, I mean, I I I think Larry was right. Once I saw it, to see, okay, there's people from all over this region coming here. Yeah, if they hear Jesus and become a disciple and go back, we we could. We could, uh, you know, get God's plan. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, that's this, this goes back to exactly what you said. You know, coming in is that is that we we met each other, and now we're yeah. like we're yoked together. You know, by the Lord and doing His work, and we're we're to a point now. It's like I I can't right. make it without you guys. And you know, I mean, it's uh, how how did we ever how did we ever get along before? And we call yeah. them divine appointments, you know. And so this great relates back to what's happening in Athens. I don't believe anybody's there by accident. Yeah, that's what the point. Uh, and the good. people that, that that the Lord brings, we we adopt this phrase that we're looking for those that are looking for Jesus. And I've never led anybody to Christ that wasn't looking for him because he'd already found them. He came to seek and to save, and he's still seeking. He's still saving. Mm-hmm. Um, and all we're faithful to do is go. That's the one you're looking for right there. And and so you see Andrew doing that in Scripture. is like, let me take you to Jesus. Take mm. you to Jesus. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you about this yeah. because uh, since you know the hi- the history of it, I, w- I was listening to a sermon because it said, what is the gospel? Mm. So I just wanted to listen to it. But it was, a, it was really a discussion. It was a class mm-hmm. on the use of the word gospel because y'all were talking before we started the podcast on uh, Phil said, whenever I read a book, that sent to me, I look for a phrase, you know, Jesus's death, burial, yeah. and resurrection. Or yeah, you said that. But this in this within this lesson, they were talking about, you know, gospel means good news. So if you define gospel, you say, well, it means good news. But other people outside of Jesus, they use the word gospel. Mm-hmm. And they had some quotes. Uh one of them I wrote down, it was like, you know, Caesar Augustus when he ascended to the throne, when he made the announcement, it started off the gospel of yeah. Caesar Augustus. Right. right. So he was Absolutely. saying, well, well, but he's saying, because now that I'm emperor, that, because you think about what the word means, it's some kind of historical event you that's going to affect yeah, every, yeah. every person. Because whether you acknowledged him as the emperor or not, it was going to have an effect yeah. on you, especially when taxes come up. Yeah. But within that that uh, sermon or class that I listened to, there was, there was a story came up. I was going to ask you about it. So this yeah. is this is four ninety. We're going back. Uh, oh yeah, we're going back a while. And there was a war between the Athenian army, the Greeks, and the Persians. Yeah. And it was called the Battle of Marathon. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar Absolutely. with this? Absolutely. You bet. So evidently, what happened was the Persians, who, and the reason I bring this up is because that was the audience that when I was with you right. at Athen- right. Athens, that I'm now, what, how many years later from this story? 1,700 years. 1,700 years later. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm I'm through an interpreter talking to some Persians. Right. But anyway, the the Persians were thought to be the uh, the favorite in this battle. But the Athenian army won, but it wasn't just to win. And he used this, this uh, analogy because just back then, it, they didn't have social media, so right. they didn't come out, oh, we won. Right. So they sent a messenger with the gospel, mm-hmm. is, is what the phrase he, he was reading out of this book, that the Athenian army had won because it wasn't just... One thing to win, you had to go announce, and they right. were used. He was using that phrase. He had, the gospel had to be announced. So they picked one man. Right. So he runs twenty-two and a half miles mm-hmm. to announce twenty-six. Uh, 20, that, twenty-six point two. Or 26, That's why I, whatever yeah, it was yeah. twenty-two, twenty-six. I mean, I'm remembering <laughs> okay. this off the top of my okay. head. So twenty-six point two. I'm just here to help. Yeah. I'm here to help. So he and he gets back to town. Yeah. And says, "Rejoice." Mm-hmm. We have triumphed. Yep. And he fell over dead because of the exhaustion from the 26. Point two. two. That's why a modern marathon is 26.2 miles. So that was the story. I was going to see if that's true. Absolutely true. It is absolutely. That's why you'll never see me run a marathon. You you drop dead. But now here's the the thing is this word euangelion, um, as Mark used it, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ. This is his mm-hmm. first line was a shocking use of the word because this is not a Bible word. What he did is he ripped a political and military word out of the headlines of the day and he applied them in saying that the the reign of the king had changed. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so if you had a kingdom and I had a kingdom uh, and we were at war with one another, and you were a good king, and I was an evil king, mm-hmm. and I was oppressing people and holding them in bondage and keeping them in slavery and working them to death, but you were a good and benevolent king. And you and I went to war, and you beat me and took my kingdom out, and then now what was was my kingdom is now your kingdom. So you had your people, I had my people, Mm-hmm. But now all of these people are your people, and that kingdom has expanded. The borders of your kingdom, your your sovereign rule and authority is now over my people, mm-hmm. okay? But Phil is going to be an evangelist. He is a bringer of the good news, and he works for you, and he runs down to tell my people, believe the good news, because mean King Larry is dead. Mm-hmm. And you're no longer under his authority, and you, you're no longer under his oppression. Mm-hmm. The good and benevolent King Jace is now loving you and inviting you into his kingdom. That's what a gospel messenger did. And right. so he would, you would have been the first evangelist to present this euangelion, this good news. And they had the ability to accept the truth— because I'm dead, I offer them no more threat to them. But mm. they don't have to believe it. They can still live under fear and oppression. Exactly. And that's exactly what Mark is doing using this word euangelion. Hang, hang on, Jace. Yeah. Well, that's the point I was hang getting on, let's, to. Let's take it, a break. It, <laughs> so one of the things uh, that guys notice is uh, when you start losing your hair. You know, you see a, a photo, maybe you see yourself in the, your computer screen or you know like people do these days uh and you realize that you got that receding hairline and that bald spot uh and especially when that happens to guys who are young um under 35 i mean it's it's you know not something you want so we want to help you flip the odds in your favor and help save your hair with a product called keeps and keeps has been a great sponsor of the unashamed podcast from the very beginning uh and they realize uh that you want to keep that hair and so what you do is uh, go to keeps.com um, slash door is, is how you're going to be able to get this product. And when you go there, um, they're going to have, um, an FDA approved hair treatment. It's available online. There's no waiting room. There's a doctor that makes sure that, uh, that's healthy for you. And that doctor is also available 24 seven. Uh, if you have any questions or any issues, so here's how you do it. 
keeps.com slash door, you're going to get 50% off your first order. So you save some money. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. And that story, Larry, by the way, that, that story would be of- way more believable if Jace was the bad king. I'm just saying, when you tell, <laughs> use that illustration in the future. Well, I mean, he was look trying to be he nice, Al. He was reminds trying. me of Second yeah. Corinthians five, where, he, where the Apostle Paul said, "We are <clears throat> the, the the runner was an ambassador, right? Which is a messenger, mm-hmm. and he was and he was doing his job. He was making his appeal to the other king, or to the people of that king of that kingdom." That's what God does with us. He, it's though God were making his appeal through us, just messengers that are out and about right. spreading the message. And Well, that's the, that's the point I was getting to is that everybody has a gospel. Everybody has something that's important. When you read the book of Hebrews, but you read any book in the Bible because it has one hub, one central theme, which is you know Jesus' Jesus's gospel is better. Mm-hmm. And that's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. Why Why is it better? I mean, he's indestructible. I mean, whatever your gospel, I mean, if it is changing the world because of, you know, your political view mm-hmm. and you think we're going to change the world, make it a better place based on people politically lining up. So they spread that good. And every time there's a victory on their political side, what they do, they, they announce it. This is... And that everybody has something that's and if not, they're you know either in prison or they're you know in some rehab center or they're in a closet fixing to die. I mean, if they don't have some some good news that's that's fallen them, so I think yeah, it, it kind of hit me listening to that. It really wasn't about. I thought it was just going to be a declaration of who Jesus is, but it was basically about everybody has some gospel some message that is the hub of their life absolutely and if it's not jesus it's all gonna end yeah terribly it's all temporary it's it's all empty that's why the the new green deal they're they're just servants for for the the earth the created matter of the earth itself oh exactly oh i I saw they had two it's it's a religion that they firmly believe in and they have the good news of the green new deal oh i saw they were they ran a clip and i don't watch tv much but i just happened to see this it was two of of hollywood's finest uh i should know who they are but i i can't remember who but i've seen them many times and the woman she that it was a i think the guy was uh what's that guy's name leonardo uh yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah, he's a big climate, yeah. And it was a girl, but and the yeah, they were they were talking about the climate. And uh the girl, I think it was the one that she Oh, it is a uh, uh, Wonder Woman. The Hunger Game girl. Gal Gadot. Was that her? No, not Wonder Woman. No, it was the one. Oh, you're that, talking about uh, the, one, the Hunger Game. You're talking about the girl. um yeah, uh, Jennifer I thought Lawrence. It was her. Jennifer yeah, whoever that is. Oh, yeah, Although Jennifer. we may not be at all cuz you mean, don't know what you're talking about. about. Passion. Love. <laughs> Well, it may not have been her, cause I'm, but okay. but it looked like her. But I mean, it was like the planet is dying, and tears were coming. It was a oh, news yeah. interview. Oh yeah, she's like this place is crumbling. Yeah, it's an emergency. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness, yeah, this is what happens when you've put all your hopes and dreams when your gospel is about this planet. Yeah, someone was running around the other day and said, we're down to the last hour. We have one hour left. What's that hour? This is the The, very thing. The hour came, and and, and they they all looked around. Then all of a sudden, he said, well, no. This is is the very thing that I was was preaching Sunday in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 4. It says that if someone comes to you and they're proclaiming another Jesus, or if they are... Uh, giving you a different gospel than the one yep. that there are different gospels, or if you yeah. receive a different spirit than what you received, mm-hmm. I have the ability to invite a way into me that is not the way. Exactly. And I have the ability to give my 
my allegiance to a gospel that is not the gospel, and then I have the ability to try to create Jesus in my image. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like uh, Cal Naughton Jr. on on Talladega Nights. You know, and I like my Jesus to do this, so and, you know, because I like to do that. I like yeah. to think of Jesus this way because that's how I want to be. Exactly. Uh, well, no, you can't proclaim another Jesus. Yeah, but I think that's what we do. I mean, as I, I thought about that that same verse. I mean, and you understand the Jewish situation in that God chose Israel to be this shadow and to give this law, and now all of a sudden they're introduced to something new, which is himself, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, all that was a shadow to point to him, and they're like, well, but we— but we like this. Mm-hmm. We like this old system. This is what we, we want to go back to. So he's making all these arguments in Hebrews about why Jesus is better. And, I mean, I don't know how long the list is. Just we're in chapter 8 and 9. But, I mean, everything we've read, you would seem like somebody would say, no, Jesus is better. Right. Jesus is better. But when it's based on your human performance— and your status yeah. and how you do things, it's almost like some kind of drug there that we as humans want to be in that type of system. Yeah, and so because I'll, we feel like we hold the check and balance to that. We we are masters of our own yeah. destiny. And I think the book of Hebrews is so, so clear is that this idea that Jesus is better. He's superior to anything that you could possibly come up with. How do you, have you ever had a two-year-old take your television remote and you're trying to get it back? You ever try to take it out of their hand? They are so fast, man. They have got it, and you're trying to grab it. You're a grown man, and you cannot grab. This kid is faster than you are. Yeah. (laughs) And he will not drop it, and he's running down the hall, and, you know, I got bad news. I can't chase my grandkids. How do you get that TV remote back? You show them something better. You pull out your cell phone and go, look at that. Yeah. Then they, they just drop, drop it. it. Yeah, and this is this is exactly what the gospel is, and that's the point that the Hebrew writer's trying to make is that we're just like two-year-olds hanging on to some stupid religious system that was yeah. never intended to save anybody. It was built and designed. The law was added so the trespass might increase, Paul says in Romans, mm-hmm. so things would get worse. Yeah. Why did God allow this to go on to prove to us that we can't save ourselves? To yeah. bring us to the end of ourselves. Yeah. And so he shows us something better. And those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, drop it. Yeah. See, I'd learned that the hard way. My oldest, when I said, give me the remote. Well, <laughs> at two and three, they don't understand. Give me the remote. They they took that to mean throw it as hard <laughs> as you can because they haven't been trained on depth perception. Mm-hmm. So after I took the remote wow. between the eyes, I thought maybe I should have just came up with something better. Yeah. There's a lot of concepts that those kids, don't, they don't understand that sound travels. It's like, I can hear you in the kitchen. I know what you're doing. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, well, I thought about this. Uh, I've, I've been I've been hanging out in Luke 9 and 10 yeah. just because... You know, I'm thinking about this that we're messengers, and uh, maybe it's because I, I, you know, heard that class. And and God is calling us to be disciples, not disciples of Jesus. When you read the Gospels and see who Jesus is, I mean, he's he's a better high priest. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our example. He's you know the secret of godliness is that he's in us. Well, when you watch him him operate, and and how he you know, lived and, you know, he's, he's asking people to follow him to in, in the way they live their life, not some kind of ritualistic type, type setting. Right. What, you know, what, uh, amazed me is when, you know, first he, in, in Luke nine, he's talking to his apostles. And so you could make a case where like, oh, he's wanting the leaders to be, uh, you know, in, with any kingdom or any kind of movement, he's getting the leaders. But then when he gets to chapter 10, all of a sudden, he 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 appoints 72 or 70, depending on your translations, which, you know, a lot of people view this as 
some reference to the, you know, the table of nations. I think it's in Genesis 10 or 11, where it's like, we're going to, we're going to go to all people. And cause he was setting that shadow that mm. that was the problem with God just being in Israel is, well, what about everybody else? Right. And that's why, you know, Jesus comes cause God wants to save everyone. He created all people back to our Acts 17 uh, reference. But I, I'm saying all this to, you know, as a messenger, he sends them out and he gives them this power. And, and we all know the, you know, the basic premise of his ministry and the message. They were to, uh, you know, heal. They were to preach. They were, you know, to cast out demons, which you see what all these things uh, represent to, you know, to give people freedom and to, mm-hmm. to bridge communities and have healing and preach good news, all, all these good Hang things. On, and so when the Hang 72. On. On. Let's uh, take a break. You know, Larry, we're talking a lot about uh, proclaiming because uh, we're proclaimers of the gospel and, and all of us teach and, and preach as well. Uh, but one of the things, you know, sometimes you can do as a proclaimer is just what you wear. Uh, it proclaims to people and uh, our unashamed merch uh, does just that. And uh, it proclaims that you're part of unashamed nation. In fact, I was noticing I went to look at all the merchandise and there are some uh, unashamed nation shirts. And so it's a great thing because somebody's like, what, what is an unashamed nation? It gives you an opportunity to tell them about the podcast. So we'd like for you to be uh, unashamed proclaimers. And the way you can do that, if you want to check out our merch, is go to unashamedmerch.com. Use the code unashamed10 and you're going to get 10% off uh, whatever you buy. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, you're going to get 20% off your purchases uh, by using the code Blaze Sub. So that's another uh, good reason uh, to be a subscriber and get our overtime stuff as well. So check it out, unashamedmerch.com. So I'm going to make a point here in verse 17 of Luke 10. So the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit mm-hmm. to us in your in your name. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what Jesus's response is to this is uh, is why he's better, because he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Mm. Now, look, no matter what gospel you have in your life. Without Jesus, you're never going to have this kind of uh, soundbite from the from the leader who, who goes back before the creation began and said, well, hey, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, which, you know, he's putting himself on equality with, I've always been here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a human, but I'm, I'm going back in time where, you know, humans are having trouble even relating to what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Then he says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. So you say, what was the problem with that statement that they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. It's just like anything else. All of a sudden, they were like, look look how great we are. Mm. It wasn't that, oh, these people have been liberated. It wasn't about the people. It was about all of a sudden the power they had. And he makes this statement, but you rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Mm. And so I just thought, man, what, what, a, what a savior. Here he is because he's foreshadowing his death on a cross, which would allow our names to be written in heaven because it was nothing we did. Right. I mean, you think about what Hebrews is all about. That's why our names are written in heaven because Jesus died for our sins and he came out of the tomb so that we could be resurrected. But so when you go back in time and see some of the statements that he, that he made, that here is this creator of the universe who saw this happen and why did Satan uh, even fall? He didn't even get into that, but pride. Mm-hmm. Pride. pride pr- about how good he is. And now he sees this, mm-hmm. this l- little spirit of man, look at what we can do. Right. Look at the power we have. And so he uses this illustration. Yeah. That reminds me of some, someone I saw fall from heaven yeah. because of, 
how great they were and yeah. what kind of power they had. Right. And so I, I just think as you, as you look at why Jesus is better, these little statements that you look wow. yeah. in, in that ministry. So to us as messengers, even today, when, when something's based on your performance, even in your ministry, when you're looking around saying, well, look how great we're doing, because that's what we tend to do. Yeah. We give the numbers, or we give this, and we're like, "Well, what, what, what did this happen?" And it takes you back to what gives us courage and gentleness at the same time about ministry is that our names are written in the book of life. Yeah, I mean that's not going to change, and, and it's not based on anything we've done. How did they get there? That's my when point. Jesus yeah. appeared back to Luke, uh, all the way back to Luke two and one. Al mentioned this in the in the notes there. Don't be afraid of bringing good news of great joy that will be for all of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So glory to God in the highest, verse 14. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Check this out. Let's go to Bethlehem and see. Here's, here's, here's the angels. The angels that left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds, said to one another, the shepherds said, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, mm. which the Lord has told us about. Now watch, how did, how did these shepherds get the information? Just below there at 17 in Acts 2, when they heard, uh, when they had seen him, they, they looked at Jesus, spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. That's twice. Right down at the bottom, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, that's three times that people get word. You say, well, how in the world was God getting the message to these shepherds in the middle of nowhere? Mm -hmm. There's a baby being born, born in a barn. Look, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus before he was even conceived. The angel had given him before he had been conceived. His name was already there before he ever even showed up. Right. Down below there, verse 20. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen. This is uh, Simeon. Mm -hmm. He moved by the Spirit. He went to the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus. Uh, as the custom of the law was to circumcise him. He took him in his arms. Simeon did. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. He goes on to say, yeah. and you look up, he gets to be 12 years old. Verse 41, Acts, uh, Luke chapter two. He is 12. Mm -hmm. He's a kid. Uh, he was 12 years old. They went up to the feast according to the custom. Uh, after the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus, 12, stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they weren't aware of it. Well, thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. They, they've lost Jesus. He's back there at the temple. When they did not find him, they went back. And after three days, they looked around and, uh, and they asked him questions. Everyone who heard him, the 12-year-old, was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Mm -hmm. You got a 12-year-old boy talking to the most religious people on planet Earth. And he's the one in charge of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. What, where have you been, boy? Why were you searching for me, he asked. This is a 12-year-old talking. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? The word became flesh, that's and that's the, wildest... the voice of authority <laughs> speaking yeah. right there. You're like, what in yeah. the world? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was more of an event than most people when we're talking, yeah. you know, do you believe And I, I, I love that. Is it, that. His name shall be Jesus. And the word Jesus literally means, in Hebrew, salvation. And then Simeon yeah. picks up this boy and says, my eyes have seen your salvation. Uh, it's just in amazing. In the heart of yeah. uh, the law. Mm -hmm. over in the book of Hebrew. Yeah. In the heart with all of that and the rules and the regulations and the old covenant, here comes a 12-year-old yeah. and pulls it off yeah. by yeah. his death on a cross, his burial. Is yeah. that the, I mean, that was the my story point, itself. Phil. How could men have dreamed uh, this up? Hang on, Jace. My, my point hang is, on, if you make that point, let's take a break. I 
I've been trying to make this point for 10 minutes. <laughs> my point is. I just thought I'd throw that few like words that. in good. to help Look, you along, Jason. My, my point is, if you put yourself under a system, which God did to reveal our weakness yeah. and our need for him, but even in our modern-day churches, we have these same ritualistic systems yeah. going on today. Oh. I mean, whatever, however you want to shake it, that's just the honest truth. Right. And and uh, my point is, what it, what is your message then? I right. mean, what's your gospel? What are you? Because you know, we've all been in churches where you walk in and it's miserable. Mm-hmm. It's filled with fear, and it it's all just down to what happens you know, there once a week and, and the political side of that. When you look at what Jesus was after, he was after messengers and disciples. Yeah. So so what what is your what is your message? Right. What what are we supposed to be out and about? So a lot of people say, well, Christianity is fine as long as you don't share it. Mm. Which is what a lot of people think, even in yeah. the church. They're like, yeah, especially in a the culture, they're like, you can believe just don't speak about it. But what they don't realize is, well, that's in contrast. Yeah. That won't work. Because if, if you believe, therefore you speak. Yeah. If if Jesus died for me publicly, why then would I live for him privately? Mm. Well, right. And why is he sending people out? What what yeah, was the they, shadow of that yeah. to to what why was though that that was the point I was getting at was sending out his followers, yeah. then sending out the seventy two. Well, what is the purpose of that? Why are we sending people out? I, I think this that, is how we yeah. know we are in him, yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Yeah. There's a there's a day-to-day walk. I love it. As yeah. a messenger and as a... Okay. Well, how are you going to walk as Jesus did without being a messenger? Exactly. Yeah, and how can you be an ambassador when... When you go down there, you're not. But you right. come back here, you are. You're like, wait a minute. You're an ambassador wherever you go. Can Can I take a shot at relating this back to yeah, to Hebrews nine? And I'm I'm about to walk out on a wire here. I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> I don't think there's a net at the bottom of this, but well, there's a resurrection. Yeah. At the bottom. <laughs> so we're talking about salvation, and so he, you know the 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 thing you just brought up, Phil, is that that my eyes have seen the salvations. What salvation is is a established fact. This is God has done this. This is uh, Colossians one. God has reconciled all things in heaven on earth to Himself, yep. making peace. By the blood, and this is where we're at in Hebrews 9, starting in verse 11, is about the blood of Christ. And, you know, the blood of bulls and goats doesn't take away sin, Mm -hmm. but it had to be this once for all sacrifice. Okay, and here's where I'm stepping out onto the wire. Step out on it. Okay. We have to have a shift in our thinking because we have to understand that people— are not going to hell because of sin. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying that. Because sin has been dealt with. This is what the cross was about. Mm -hmm. That's why good news is good news. It's an established fact. That's why you cannot earn salvation. Yeah. Nobody is going to hell because of sin. They are going to hell because of pride and arrogance and unbelief. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, that's and an so, excellent point. But that is, that's what religion is built on. And so you look at Buddhism, Taoism, uh, or, or what I call the Christian religion. You did bad, now you have to do good. There's a penance. There's a, there's a you know, you did this yeah. and now you have to do that. That's all religion is based on that idea that I try to work my way into a position of salvation instead of understanding that I accept the fact, the good news, the euangelion, that Christ died for me and that you guys are running to me as evangelists proclaiming the good news. That's the gospel. And all I have to do is accept it or reject it. I cannot earn my salvation. Sounds like grace. It's exactly, and so here's here you made the point about Satan falling like lightning, mm-hmm. and, and this is again, this is another step on the wire, <laughs> is is that 
here's here's Satan, and and so you know how how did where did Satan come from? He was created created by God. One day yeah. God is thinking. I'm going to make an angel. Boom. He makes God an angel. I think it's important because a lot of people give him the same qualities as right. they do God, which is Okay. And so Satan incorrect. looks at himself and he says, wow, look at me. What did God say? I will not share my glory with another. Yeah. But he looks at himself and he makes another angel and the other angel. And he's like, have you looked at, have you looked at us? What do we have? We have glory. Yeah. Where did he get that glory? God. Exactly. He just stole God's glory. And then he decided he was going to be something, and it was pride and arrogance before God. And then heaven turned into hell, and there was a great war in heaven, and here goes Satan and falling like lightning and everybody that wants to go with him. And this pride and arrogance before God is, is the, whole, the whole point. And so and we come into this life, God has roughly... You know, if he's going to work all things together for good for those that love him mm. and, and, and are called according to his purpose, those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, anyone who would believe, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that anybody, mm-hmm. this, is, this is available to anybody who will believe. This is uh, right af- before that, two verses before that, in 3.14, John chapter 3.14, he's talking to Nicodemus, and he says, just as that bronze snake was lifted up. In the mm. desert, um, you know, this is Numbers 21, and, and that whole thing is that everybody has been snake bit. Yeah. We're all dying. Sin is not the issue, and sin has been dealt with. Right. But he pushes, pushes us into a, a position where the only way out is to look at that Son of Man being lifted up, mm. and that is the choice. I believe in him. That's the only way out. That's why hang on, yeah, Dad. I wouldn't call that a wire. I'd call it a wall of That's grace. Why <laughs> hang on, hang on, Dad. Of hang on, Dad. Let's take a break. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, the writer of Hebrews said this in Galatians. The Scripture declares that the whole world, to your point, is a prisoner of sin. Yeah, because it hasn't been dealt with yet. Right. Until so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Right. Before this faith came, mm-hmm. we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So yeah. the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. The Hebrews were having a difficult time, and they were at Galatia too, that we might be justified by faith. Right. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. <laughs> Right. They should have been jumping up and down about this instead of saying, what in the world? You know, that's why it's impossible for the blood of bulls. Exactly. And so back to Hebrews 9 and verse 15, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. Yep. Okay. And so this is back back to our our kingship thing. Mm -hmm. The reign has changed. Range change. Law of sin and death was under authority. What we it couldn't was, do was the authority. He did first. And he came and he put it to death on a cross, nailed it, that written code to the cross, shed his blood, and now there's a new king in town. You bet. And you. that's the good news. And so nobody's going to hell because of sin. They're going to hell because of pride and arrogance before God. That is correct. And well, so that's the I have It's good news, but you have to surrender your will. His entire ministry to me is to work. Hit, I, I have pride. I have arrogance. I have my own kingdom. I've got my own strength. His whole goal is for me to lose my pride, my kingdom, my strength, my will, my religion, and to die to him to be raised in a new life where his life becomes my life. And he's got about 70 years to work that out in a person. Yep. And that's the desire of my heart. If the desire of my heart is Jesus Christ, you know, life inside of me, he's going to make it happen. But hey, Larry, uh, don't you just got to honor my choice to throw him away? Don't you think it's ironic that all the other gospels out there, whatever the cause, or seem to be so uh, enamored with bad news. I mean, we talked about mm-hmm. climate earlier. It's all, it's the sky is falling. It's terrible. Or if, if your thing is politics, just turn on cable news. All bad. It's all about yeah. power of yeah. one side or the other. So it's interesting that 
on truly only in the good news of Jesus do you find good news consistently exactly. right down the line. Yeah. And and eternal hope. There is no I mean we have hopes and dreams for the future but if they're you know everything is so temporal and we put so much things uh stock in temporal situational happiness. Well happiness um uh, man I'm telling you it can turn on a dime in a worldly way. Mm-hmm. So I want to read those uh, in, in 923. I want to read that down to the end of the chapter so we can okay. discuss that a little bit. We, we've s- said this the whole podcast, but I want to actually read what the Hebrew writer says. And we can also talk about it a little yeah. bit in overtime. It was necessary then, verse 23, for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices. So it was talking about the old sacrifices wouldn't work, but Jesus would. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. And that, of course, was Jesus. Mm-hmm. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, which I thought was interesting, Jace, based on that text you read in Luke, that J- Jesus said, Satan's not in heaven, but your name is there because I'm there, which yeah. is interesting. Wow. Uh, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages. And we talked about kind of what that phrase means in contrast to, you know, to the end of this era that was there for them to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So with that said, I don't think people uh, have given the thought that when Jesus back to my Luke 10 reference, said, however, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that the names, that your names are written in heaven. Well, that goes in contrast to everything we believe that Jesus is speaking to these men. And he said, they are written. Because we as humans say, if I'm, if I work hard enough and I do good and I perform that maybe when I get up there, I can get, in heaven but he said your names are already written there well it wasn't based on he was planting that seed it wasn't based on their performance he wasn't trying to give them some joy i mean it, it it's perfectly understandable that they were excited because of the power that jesus had imparted to them it's perfectly understandable for us to be excited when someone gives their life to christ or whatever but when they made the phrase of Lord, even the demons submit to us. When, when it be, look at us. When it became about us, all of a sudden he came up with this illustration of what that reminded him of, which was Satan yeah. falling from heaven because he was like, look at me. Yeah. And then he made that reference, your names are, are written in heaven. Well, that's what you just read, Al. Yeah. He was looking in the future yeah. from their perspective Every, to that. Everything is a, and, is a shadow that, that points to Christ. Exactly. Well, then he said this in the next couple of verses. I want to read it because it seems to fit together. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and, and learned mm-hmm. and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good, good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. No one who knows the Father is is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it and hear what you hear, but didn't hear it. So I love how he goes back to this little children and this relationship and this family type attitude. And, you know, it's not about you. It, your names are written in heaven and, and then the sons and daughters see it. And so then he, he goes on to tell them that, you know, your disciples, your messengers, 
And then he's like, tells the illustration that your neighbors, mm. and he tells the story about, uh, you know, the good Samaritan, which kind of goes in with what we're, we're talking about in Hebrews. Cause you remember the, the people that walked along the other side, one of them was a priest. The next guy was a Levite. And then here's a guy who shouldn't even be a, associated. Right. And he's like, you tell me who's the one who was a neighbor. Mm. And they were like, well, it's the one that stopped and, and helped yeah. him. So my point is it wasn't about this ritualistic performance and who you are and your excitement on what kind of power you have. It was about what he did on a cross and your response to it. So, I mean, he kind of gave them the mission. He, he gave them the message and he kind of gave them the motivation Absolutely. that it was going to be his grace and not their performance. Yeah. And you're going to live that out in love like you said, Phil, from First John 2, walking as Jesus did, which is contrary he, to what they he were He never believing. sent them out with their own abilities. Didn't do with it. With their own knowledge, with no. their own strength, with their own power. And he was That's actually chastising them here yeah. for feeling that way. Yeah, and I love the way that you know he says that, that you have shown this to these little children. You've hidden it from the wise and the learned. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, unless you change and become like a little child, yeah. you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Man, what a statement. Who, yeah. who would come up with something? <laughs> you say, what now? Exactly. And so, I mean, I, I, I've often thought about this, you know, being a fireman, you know, we, we taught a lot of, you know, fire safety to, to kids and schools and stuff like that. But it always, if I, if I went, when my kids are little, if I went into their room in the middle of the night and I said, hey, kids, the house is on fire, you need to get out. They're going to jump up because they believe they don't. They're not thinking through. They just hear their voice or their dad, yeah. and and it's like. But if you tr come in and wake me up, I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, How do fine. you know the house is yeah. on fire? And I'm going to question everything about it. And I've lost that childlike faith. Yeah, because there's one way out. Everybody is on that desert floor, snake bit, dying, and the only way out is to look upon that yeah. hole on that snake and say, I believe. That's the yeah. only way of salvation. Yeah. Oh, I, I like I'm it. Ready. Well, we're out of time again. It seems to go fast when Larry's on, which is why we love having Larry on. <laughs> well, uh, it, this, you should never let me sit in Jace's chair because I talk too much. <laughs> well, that, that, that is true. It's the chair and it's, it's not the him, chair. So. That's exactly yeah, right. So we're, we're going to have uh, a little bit more overtime with Larry. I got a couple of thoughts uh, out of that last bit of the conversation. I want to, uh, tug on just a little bit blaze tv.com slash unashamed if you want to follow us over and catch a few more minutes with our good friend larry bowles thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on itunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on youtube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes and for even more content that you won't get anywhere else Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.